Church, do we believe that? There is no one greater, there is no one higher than our God. Do you, do you believe it? Do we live it? Do we spend every day knowing that that is our God, that is our King? Well, church, I would tell you today, let me tell you some fun stats to start out with. Do you know in Valentine's there's $25.8 billion that are spent on Valentine's Day? $25.8 billion. On average, it's $175 that each person spends. There's 600, or excuse me, there's $6.2 billion on jewelry, and there's $2.6 billion spent on these little babies. So let me ask you, ladies, how many of you like to get flowers? Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. You can be honest. Guys, how many of you like to get flowers? Anybody? Okay, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that either. Church, my question is, is this. How many times do we take this red rose as symbolism of love, right? Because that's what a red rose stands for. And we give it, but we take it off and we start spreading our petals all across our life. And we start dropping them all across the things that we're involved in. And we say, God, we love you. But Father, I want to find something else better. I want to do something else that pleases me. And we get to church and we come up to worship God like this. Over and over and over, we think about this commandment. We talk about the Ten Commandments and what they are. The first five are there to really get our relationship right with God. The next five are there to get our relationships right with each other. But church, it wasn't to make a rule. It wasn't to go and tell people what to do. It was because God wanted to put rules in place and things in place so that we can love him, that we can be with him. Because if you're a father or if you're a mother, what do you want to do to your kids? You want to give them rules to protect them, right? Well, we say over and over, this is the easiest commandment. Have no other gods before me. But church, I would venture to say today, it's one of the hardest. Will you guys do me a favor and will you stand with me as we read the opening scripture, which is Exodus chapter 20, verses one through three. It says, and God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You may be seated. I will tell you, I love one of the things about Tomoka is that we stand in honor of God's word. But church, I wanna to ask today, how often do we stand in honor of God when we leave this place? It's easy to when we're up in a worship set and we're raising our hands and our hearts are lifted high and we're just saying, praise be to God in all things. You are my father, you are my creator and I stand above everything else to say, God, I want you as my Lord. And then we walk out of these doors and real life hits us. Or we get a text and real life hits us. Or somebody comes up to us and real life hits us. Let me read some scriptures to you that support this. In Psalms 81 verse nine it says, you shall have no foreign gods among you. You shall not worship any gods other than me. Psalms 97 verse nine says, for the Lord is almost high over all the earth and exalted far above the gods. Jeremiah 10, verse five says, like a scarecrow in a cucumber field, there are idols that cannot speak. They must carry because they cannot walk. Do not fear them. They can do no harm 
nor can they do good. Church, who's in your ear? Who do you hear as we leave and we face temptations? Today we're gonna talk about three different things and what the purpose is of not having any other gods before us. Not having any, any other gods before God. And we say, well, of course this is not it. Well, I'll tell you, Pastor Joe was talking about Sunday. If you have to pray to a statue, if you have to pray to something made out of stone, if you have to pray to something of somebody that can't heal you, then that's not a real God. And there's only one God that can heal and one God that can do miracles, and that's my God. That's my God that I follow daily and that I love. Leviticus 19, verses one through two, and then jumping to four says, for the Lord says to Moses, speak to an entirety symbol of Israel and say to them, be holy, why? Because he is holy. Because he is holy. Because the Lord your God am holy. Do not turn to the idols. Make metal gods of yourselves. I am the Lord your God. Church, why do we have this? Well, if we all sought after the God that we want, the God that we want to experience, the God that we want to, to, to change and to follow, guess what? Every single person in this room changes. Every so-called God out there changes. But there's only one God that can do a miracle. And let me tell you about this God that I know. We were blessed uh, a few weeks ago to have a worship night at New Smyrna. And it was kind of just an intimate style worship um, that we had some people that we were real close to that we invited to, um, that, that just people that just wanted to find out more about the church and what it was. Well, I got a call from a friend of mine that his son had stage four colon cancer. And it was the day before and I went to this time and, and I just like felt it on my heart that we just need to pray for this man. Pray for a miracle to happen. Well, his mother was in the crowd with us. His dad was up in Indiana taking care of him. And I want you to understand something. We prayed on a Saturday night and I was going into a meeting Monday morning and I got a call from his mom. And his mom said, he's no longer stage four cancer. He's stage three and it's treatable. And God did a miracle. That's the God I serve. That's the God that I worship. The God that can do miracles, that changes people's lives and touch people's lives and do things because he is the ultimate God. Now, when we look at this scripture, does it say, okay, we have the ultimate God, so okay, here's God on the throne, so it's okay to have other gods as long as they're below him. Church, it's not. And the reality of it is, is these rose petals out show an example of gods that we fall to with not even thinking about it, not even knowing what it is that we're doing, not even know what it is that, that it is that, that we've been called to, what it is that God has said, hey, let me set you apart to and let you be this. Well, the truth is, is this. God constantly through life and through um, scripture refers to his church as what? The bride of Christ, right? Okay, Ephesians talks about that. We are the bride of Christ and how we should treat each other and how we should treat um, each other in the church and how we should go and, and even take care of our spouses and our families and all those things. Well, church, let me ask you a question. How many people in here would say adultery is wrong, is a sin? Okay, most hands go up. How many people in here would say, I would never be an adulterous person? 
Church, I had to ask myself this, this question this week. I would never think to cheat on my wife. I love my wife dearly. But church, I've cheated on God. The one that's my savior, the one that's my Lord, the one that I've just said, I wanna be you. And I drop him from being God of my life and I take something else. And then I come running back to him. God, please take me back, please take me back. And through life, we take flowers, we take chocolates, we take jewelries. We take these things and give them back to our spouses to say, oh, we love you so much. But the reality is, is my wife wants one thing out of me. And that's time spent with her. That's all my God wants as well, is time spent with him. But I get confused, I get busy, I get distracted by Satan's desires and Satan's schemes. And I say, okay, God, I'm coming back and I'm coming back full vengeance and I'm gonna be all for you and I wanna be fully committed. But church, I wanna ask today, are we truly fully committed for him? Are we willing to say, I am not gonna step out on you? Now understand this, it's real easy for us in, in, in life to say we're not stepping out on our spouse, right? Because we're afraid we're gonna get caught. Well, no, for me, it's because I love my wife. Because I made a commitment to her. And I wear a wedding ring, not that this is a symbol, but the commitment that I put around my heart to her. And there was one day that I accepted Christ to be my Lord and Savior. And I was baptized to commit to him. But I've fallen away from time to time. Praise God that we have a God that has a reunion for us, that, that invites us back in, that brings us back to what God has called us to be. And there is one true statement that there is only one God. Do we know that today and do we live that today? Other religions that are out there say, no, it's a team game. It's about all of us. It's about whatever we want to do. No, it is about one God. And if we don't live every moment of every day giving God pleasure and glory in all things, we've missed the call of what it is to be a Christian. Well, let me list some, a couple of examples um, for you that maybe some things that step in our way. A couple of things that step in our way of this. Government steps in our way. Sometimes government becomes a God to us because we expect government to take care of us. We want government to do these things. Well, this year being election year, all of a sudden all these signs go out. All these people wanna wear T-shirts. My question is, is this. When was the last time we went and showed who God was to people every day of our life? It's not a one time a year. It's not about a one time election. And the reality of it is, is Jesus wants us. I've said over and over again, I hate politics. Why do I hate politics? Because you're voting for the best liar. All right? Uh, it's honestly the way I feel. But the, the other side of that is, is God has no place for politics. God has a place for us at the, feet of his, at the foot of his cross. And he calls us there to be redeemed, to be saved, and to, to come to a personal relationship with him. Well, we have counterfeit gods. We have counterfeit gods that are out there saying, do this or do that, and it'll make you feel better. I'm gonna throw out three scriptures to you. Mark 7, verses six through eight. They're not gonna be on the screen, but I'll read them for you real quick. And the other thing I wanna say before I get into these three scriptures is, understand this, church. If you don't pick up the word of God and read it for yourself, then you're a fool. We have to pick up the word of God. Don't trust what I say. Don't trust what Pastor Joe says. Don't trust what Pastor 
Cord says or Pastor Aaron or whoever it is that you listen to. Pick up the word of God and read it for yourself because God doesn't want a relationship through someone else. He wants a relationship with you intimately. Mark chapter seven, verses six through eight said, he replied, Isaiah was right when the prophesied about what the hypocrites was written. These people honor with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. They teach merely human uh, rules. You have uh, to let go of the commands of God and hold the human traditions. And church, I think for so long, we have as churches become tradition-based opposed to scripture-based. Well, I grew up this way. This is the way it's supposed to be. I have to do this this way. I have to do that this way. Everybody has their own traditions that they like, right? Well, the reality of it is if it's not a salvational issue and it's not in the word of God, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we read, of what, we, what books we read afterwards or what books that we invest our time in. If we don't read the word of God itself, we've missed what his calling is. 2 Corinthians eleven four 4 says, for if anyone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you received a different spirit than the spirit you received, or a different gospel from one that you have accepted, you put up and easily, you, put, you give it up easily. Constantly, people today are going to throw out things, say, do this, do that. The reality is, and I've preached from this so many times, we can find any truth that we want to find in here if we cut bits and pieces out of the word of God. The word of God was intended to be read in its entirety, to seek after and to go after him in all things. We have fake gods that are all around us and those things tempt us, those counterfeit gods pull us to help bring the comfort that we need, that we have. Understand this, church, it is better to be truthful and to say what the word of God is and let God answer for that than it is for us to be fake and we have to answer for that. Do not take the context, the word out of, out of context. Understand that the environment that we have, that how we live and how we go to please others or things that we do, well understand this, in life, God has called us to be one thing and that's to be his children. Now some of us have to separate that because some of us put our children before God. We bring them up, we raise them to a place and we stop Sundays, we stop Wednesdays, we stop worship, we stop tithing, we stop these things because what do we wanna do? We wanna raise our kids to a higher standard than what God is. God, children are blessings, but children aren't gonna save us. I've got two kids, they're phenomenal, I love them to death. They also drive me nuts. But God's never drove me nuts. God's never given up on me and God's constantly working in me. We go in and we find power. We wanna find power and influence in the things that we do in our sexuality. We look at all the things that are out there, the groups of people wanna be accepted. We've talked about this before. The reality is that the church is made for sinners to come in and be healed and be convicted by the word of God. Our duty is, is to love people because Christ loved us. Do not judge, bring them in, welcome them in. Let God judge them, let God convict them and let God change them. Church, I wanna ask this, where have we been through gangs, through LGBTQ, through 
people that are going through trans, all these other things people deal with. Because we take these things and we lift them up way up here and the reality is there's no difference in the liars and the cheaters and the people that sin down here. God wants to save each of us, wherever it is that we're at. Whatever rose petal we've thrown out to say, God, I love you, but I'm struggling this. He wants to save you today. Well, we always think money can save us. Money is above God. Money can make us happy, and money can make us happier than God makes us. Deion Sanders said that he played multiple sports, had tons of money, did all these things, had the life that everybody wanted, and guess what? The reality is he never found true happiness till he found Christ. Church, we have to find him today. Matthew chapter six, verse 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is what tithing does. Tithing keeps us in check that we trust God. As soon as our paycheck comes in, as soon as that money comes in, we give 10% over and we trust God that we're, it's not our money. It's what God has supplied to us. It is what God has done for us. So church, are you willing to trust him? Success in our jobs. Anybody want to climb that ladder to be higher and higher in the company? More money, more things, more responsibilities? Well, it sounds great, but the reality is is we start sacrificing God and putting him further down so that we can get higher up on the corporate ladder. And the last one and probably the most important one is that we put above God is ourself. Because we wanna make ourselves happy. We think that we know those things, the, the sex, the drugs, the alcohol, all those things. Well, let me tell you a quick little story of how little things happen and they can advance. We think, hopefully, it's a funny story to me. So we moved here um, at the end of 2019. 2020 hit, I don't know, something seemed to hit hard that year, I'm not sure what it was. Um, but it seemed like everything shut down. So my son actually had an abscess on his tooth and was in a lot of pain. So new to town, we didn't know where to go, what to do. Well, you guys know how the procedures were and everything was. You could only have one person in, you had the mask, all these things. So um, my son went into this oral surgeon and my wife went with him. And I'm sitting out in the car with our daughter and we're sitting there as we're uh, going through and I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting or whatever. So come back out a little bit later. There's a hefty bill with it, but he's taken care of. They pull his tooth, everything's healed, everything's better or will be within time. Well, we're looking through the receipt, and one of the things that they gave him was laughing gas. Now, the laughing gas was like 100 or 150 bucks, I can't remember. I was like, 100 or 150 bucks from the back seat. He hadn't said one comment. He said, It was well worth it. <laughs> and I looked at my wife, I was like, We got to keep an eye on him. But, church, isn't that true at how Satan works with us? He goes and he takes something really small to make us feel good and make, make us feel better. And then he just starts abusing over and over and more and more and more. And we never become happy until we get more and more and more. What if we sought after God that same way? What if we did everything that we could and we said, God, I give you my heart. I want to recommit my heart in all things. Jeremiah 35, 15 says, again and again, I sent all of my servants and prophets to you. They said, each of you must turn from your wicked ways 
and reform your actions. Do not follow any other gods or serve them. Then you will live in the land that I have given you and your ancestors. But you have not paid attention or listened to me. We have two options in life. We can keep going on and on and as we are and ignore God's commandments. We can run from him and say, it doesn't matter, I'll make myself happy, it's fine. Well, guess what, you can try that route. But Revelation is very clear and the scripture is very clear that it's gonna end in people losing their life and going to hell. Church, we stand on missions. We stand at saving people and helping people come and saving them from going to hell, the next generation. But church, how are we supposed to present that if we're not willing to do it ourselves? If we're not willing to live it ourselves, if we're not willing to, to do that. You guys remember the movie Beauty and the Beast? Do you remember the whole concept behind the rose that was there? So the whole concept behind that was is it set in the beast castle. And it sat there and things, the rose petals just slowly started falling off. Well, at the end of the movie, the whole goal was is before the last rose petal fell off, what did the beast have to do? Find true love. Well, church, the reality is, is that's us. Before that last petal goes off, we need to find true love. Well, if you're here tonight, I would say a lot of you have found that true love in God. But we don't keep it to ourselves. We don't keep that love that God has given us and that forgiveness, uh, that forgiveness that he's given us to ourselves and those things. We have to identify where our sins are. We have to repent and we have to return. We have to understand that in all things, God has called us to be better people, to do these things. The thing that I have a pet peeve for is when churches say, we wanna worship God and we wanna give God glory and praise in all things. And the reality is, is they could care less where their brother and sister is going. They could care less in the eternity that their brother and sister or the person sitting right next to them are going. Church, that's why he gave his son to give us all redemption, to give us all forgiveness, and to give us all the love that we can have in all of the things. It says, uh, James chapter four, verse, starting in verse eight, it says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and well. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, last week, Cord talked about the greatest commandment. The greatest commandment is to what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Church, we can't love our neighbor as ourself if we don't love ourselves in Jesus first. It starts with Jesus transforming us and changing us to who we are called to be and what God wants to work through us. And the reality is tonight is, is it doesn't matter if you came in like this or if you came in with a rose and looks beautiful. Maybe it is beautiful. Or maybe it's just broken inside. The beast desired to find true love and he almost waited till time was too late. The calling is now. The time is now. 
to change, to sacrifice ourselves and say, God, I want to make you number one. You will not receive the love of God until you receive the Son of God. Father, we bow our heads tonight. Lord, we lift our arms and we lift our hearts. And Father, we ask that right now that you speak to us intimately. Father, that you open us up and Father, maybe for the first time in our life or the first time this week or the first time in whatever time frame, but Father, that we open our hearts to say, God, transform us to be what you've called us to be. Move in us in a way that we've never experienced before. Use us in a way that we've never been a part of before. Because Father, the reality of it is, is this first and greatest commandment is, is to love you and to put you first in our life. So Father, whatever the other gods are in our life, maybe it's technology, maybe it's a sin that we're dealing with, maybe it's work, maybe it's sports, whatever it may be. Father, maybe it's just doubt in you. Father, we open our hearts to be real with you and say, Lord, move us and change us. Bring us back to the foot of the cross that we can be redeemed, that we can be forgiven, that we can be changed. And Father, at the end of the life, we found true love, and that true love is found in you. And Father, that we're not afraid to go out and share that great news. Lord, we give you praise, we give you honor and glory, and we say, move and change in us. Let this be a different Valentine's Day than it's ever been before. And all of God's people said, amen.